What is evidence? Evidence allows us to give a why behind our plan of care. For the best outcomes for our patient. Elevate our practice to best standards. Giving the patient the most optimal care that we can. Is what guides us. There's been a lot of growth in our field. Things are progressing. It's different than what we saw 50 years ago. Welcome to Evidence Elevates, helping you integrate evidence to elevate the profession, your practice, and patient outcomes. A production of the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Evidence Elevates. I'm Parm Paget, a physical therapist and a member of the Moving Forward Task Force of the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. The goal of today's podcast is to learn about the Moving Forward Task Force. Specifically, we will look at the genesis of the task force by speaking with Dr. Wendy Romney. We will then switch gears and hear about what the task force has done so far and the plans for the future. For this, we will talk to task force co-chair, Dr. Hallie Zelesnik. So let's get going by introducing Dr. Wendy Romney. Wendy is an assistant professor at Sacred Heart University and director of practice for the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. Wendy was instrumental in the conception and development of this task force, and we are so excited to have her here. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. All right. So um, let's just jump right in. How did this whole thing come about? Well, uh, the moving forward paper came from a uh, comment in the listserv about um, teaching uh, the traditional practices to physical therapy students. And that comment stirred quite a lot of conversation. And um, as a board, we started to look uh, at the historical perspective of um, what's been happening for the past 20 years and several other calls for um, changes of approaches from traditional to more contemporary, more evidence-based approaches. And so it um, brought a, kind of this forward movement to improve um, at practice for physical therapists for, in neuro-PT. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of those comments in the ensuing discussion, right, the board decided to write a paper. Yep, we made that the position paper um, which was published almost a year ago now. And we will have a link to that position paper um, in the description or notes for this podcast. So if people haven't read it, we encourage them to go and read that. As a result of that paper, it seems like the board did not feel like that was enough and that more needed to happen. So explain kind of what happened after the paper. After the paper, the board uh, started to develop a evidence-based task force. And uh, we kind of had three approaches in thinking about education in research and in practice. And as the director of practice, I oversee several of the knowledge translation task forces. And the KT task forces are usually associated with uh, clinical practice guidelines. And so we thought this was a unique opportunity to develop knowledge, a knowledge translation task force associated with the moving forward paper, position paper. And so In order to develop a task force, we uh, usually do a call and ask for applicants to apply to be a member. And the practice committee then reviews the applicants. I think we had over 60 applicants for the moving forward task force. 
And um, the call is reviewed. We're looking for applicants with a wide variety of experience, either clinicians, uh, educators, um, administrators. We're looking and we were reviewing specifically for those members who had experienced change in their practice and how they overcame that change. So for example, if they were using some of the traditional approaches, how they then uh, changed into more contemporary approaches or how they had like changed the movement of people around them. So if they were someone who was trained later in, in their career or more recently, sorry, and with more contemporary approaches and then had to kind of change the culture and change their behavior of the clinicians around them. So we're looking for kind of those change agents, those, um, those knowledge brokers, those people that are um, excited to, to make moves in physical therapy. And, and that's kind of, we reviewed those applicants and came up with the, the, the KT task force that is, is uh, with us today. Great. So it sounds though, like it was a different process maybe than what you're used to and, and a little bit unique in our world or in the realm of physical therapy. I like that you sort of talked about and addressed those, you know, looking for people that either have experienced change or have been change agents. And how, so how many people did you end up with on the task force? There are eight members and we had decided to have two co-chairs, one as a clinician and one as an administrator. And so that's kind of the practice committee reviewed all the applicants and and uh, reviewed their essays based on based on that, and then came came to the number eight from that. So I'm curious, Wendy, because this was a different kind of task force. What direction or background um, did the task force get as they were starting out? Like, how did you kind of shepherd them into their new role? Um, it was interesting, actually, before the call came out for the task force, um, several members of the board and I had met and kind of came up with some outlines of what we were thinking it would look like um, based on potential, um, you know, that using the evidence pyramid or thinking about what the, the different levels of evidence are to help clinicians um, on that side, on that realm of it. Um, we also thought about having personal stories to think about the, those members of the task force that did become change agents. So we had kind of met informally a few times to, to think about what this task force would, would look like. Um, so when we met with the co-chairs, um, we had some suggestions or ideas based on based on our initial conversations. And, and typically when we have a KT task force like that, because it's really guided from the clinical practice guideline, and um, it, it's, it was, it's a little bit different from, from previous task forces. So, right. Yeah. And almost, I mean, I'm a member of the task force and I haven't been on any other task forces, but it felt a little bit like here are some ideas and, you know, here's the paper and, and like, go at it. <laughs> so it's, it's been an interesting um, process. And so I've been a little bit curious about kind of what was some of the backstory or, you know, did, did the group that met to talk about that stuff, did they have feeling like we're just kind of like throwing this out there and seeing what happens? Or do you feel like you really wanted to give a little bit more like structure or rules around it? 
Um, it's interesting. So I was a member of the um, core set of outcome measures KT task force. And I would say that the first um, several meetings we had, although we met with the guideline development group from the clinical practice guideline, and we had give, been given some direction from them, there was kind of this organic process of what our priorities were as a group and um, some division of labor. And it took a few meetings for us to kind of get into a groove, into our roles and to really make decisions about where we were going and um, what our direction was. And so thinking about it uh, in terms of historical, like how we did other KT task force is actually pretty similar is that we gave a little bit of direction from the board, um, but also, also want you, know, you guys as the experts who have gone through practice change and practice changes to come up with some different strategies um, beyond just a few ideas that we had come up with as, as a board. So we, we want you to be explore more and, and, um, and be innovative. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I, I think that that came across and, and that's great. And I think we've um, actually started to go in that direction. So, uh, you know, I think personally, it's been really fun to be a part of that task force. And I um, appreciate the opportunity. All right. So Wendy, the, the task force, right, has been charged with helping to bring the message of the paper basically forward. Right. And, um, as a member of the task force, after we had started, um, I think it was maybe our second meeting, the co-chairs came back with some news for us. And, um, we were a little surprised. So tell us what they, what, what had, uh, come forward from the Academy, um, related to our, our charge beyond just being a task force. Yeah. So when, um, something rises to the level that we really want a lot of clinicians to pay attention to it, we, uh, decide as a board to make something called a national campaign. And that's where we um, put our budget and a lot of effort and um, administrative assistance and uh, marketing directors and communication director into helping really publicize and market um, the message that we want to put across. So um, the last campaign uh, was looking at um, intensity matters. And so Mm -hmm. as we come and roll off of the intensity matters, and that was kind of a three-year cycle, we were looking for something to propel us forward for what the next step is. So um, the the board had voted and made a decision that this this is kind of the next national campaign and we'll have a really three-year focused effort um, to really market this type of practice that the, this, your group is going to be putting and pushing forward. So. Right. Okay. And so, so um, yeah, it was very exciting to, you know, then be charged with, you know, coming up with this national campaign. And as somebody on the board, we had a lot of conversations about what it should be called. We talked to um, different people and, you know, we actually came up with the um, with the national campaign Evidence Elevates, which is why this podcast is called Evidence Elevates. And people in the future will be seeing that come forward a lot more. Um, I'm actually a little bit curious how it was received by the board. 
Um, yeah, we were really excited. Um, we had talked about, you know, the moving forward paper name kind of came about organically uh, at the last minute when we were submitting it to JNPT. And so we hadn't really uh, been super tied to it. And so when your group came back to us and said, you know, we need to put a little bit more meat behind what moving forward actually means. Right. We were, we were excited to see that you had you kind of went towards the evidence and towards evidence elevate. So, and then when we, you know, so we were very excited and the, when the logo came, it just kind of solidified the deal. So we're, we're, we're happy with, with what's come forward from you guys so far. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a fun process and people did say, you know, when I talked to, um, either colleagues locally or a couple of people nationally, they're kind of like, well, moving forward doesn't really tell us anything. Um, so I think that's where the task force really decided like, okay, let's, we need to include the word evidence. Cause that's really kind of what we're trying to promote. Um, so it's great that that kind of comes across and I agree. I let, I really like the logo. I think it's fun and um, hopefully gets across our, our ideas about, elevating evidence. I think so. It looks great. So Wendy, is there anything that we haven't talked about or mentioned regarding the genesis of this group that you wanted to share? No, I don't think so. I think uh, we're really looking forward to hearing and seeing what the group comes up with and um, how we can, as uh, physical therapists, as educators, as researchers, thinking about how we could move forward and uh, change our profession and help our patients better. So I'm looking forward to see what seeing what you guys come up with. Great. Well, it's been great talking to you, Wendy, and we thank you so much for joining us on Evidence Elevates. Thank you. So now it's only natural for us to be curious about the task force and to hear a little more about what they're up to. For that, we will turn to Dr. Hallie Zalesnik. Hallie is the Director of Strategic Initiatives and Professional Development at UPMC Center for Rehab Services in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and co-chair of the Moving Forward Task Force. So welcome, Hallie. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. So tell me a little bit about the start of the task force. Sure. So while the conversation was happening on the listserv, I think a lot of people who are involved in the academy in different ways were, you know, discussing all of the different things that we've been, feel like we've been discussing for years, kind of, you know, the same way that the moving paper is laid out in the introduction. And so I think that a lot of us who have changed our practice over the years to try to embrace more evidence really felt like we're in a constant state of really trying to not just change our personal practice, but we want to be able to change the practice of physical therapy and the profession of physical therapy as our evidence continues to evolve. And so we were, you know, chatting on the sides and saying it would be really nice for the academy to, you know, try to do something about this because it's a constant discussion. It's, it happens locally. It happens between clinicians. It happens in educational institutions. It happens between different institutions and it happens at the national level as well. And so when the paper came out, there had already been some discussions about what kinds of things might help to get the word out there. And also I think everybody was really just trying to better understand why our profession um, seems to be so divided. Mm -hmm. 
the task force really is charged with developing materials and um, supporting clinicians in making changes. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's right. So the different knowledge translation task forces that are um, housed under the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy typically are charged to do just that, to create different products, to um, get the word out there about evidence and clinical practice guidelines, to help to provide clinicians and educators and researchers with different tools to help them to utilize newer, stronger evidence. Um, And so certainly that's our task as well, although it's been interesting to have a task force that's not based on a clinical practice guideline. Right. Um, So I think that when you have a clinical practice guideline, it outlines action statements. And then those action statements have strengths of evidence associated with them. They have reasoning. Um, Mm -hmm. They've gone through a very vigorous review. And so you have these set things that are recommended. And so the KT task force can take each action statement and figure out what are the barriers for clinicians, educators, and researchers to implement this? What are the facilitators? What do people need to help them change? Um, The moving forward paper is different though, because there's no specific action statements. It's just really this charge to say, hey, as a profession, we need to be better at embracing newer, stronger evidence And not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but saying, hey, historically, yes, this was helpful. This is what we knew at the time. But we know more now. And because we know more and we should be able to do more and do better. So Mm. it just felt as we got started, like a little bit more gray than having these outlined action statements. We recommend you do this. We recommend you do that. Right. I mean, what we're really talking about is behavior change, right? We're trying to help promote behavior change in a positive way. That's right. Okay. And what resources are out there? What can we look to to sort of help guide that the task force? Yeah. So I think that's some of the things what we're trying to get together right now is to really start to understand what people in the profession need. And so I think a lot of what our task force has focused on is kind of what I said earlier, that question of really starting to understand the why, why people um, aren't embracing new evidence or aren't embracing change or why it appears that way, you know, why it seems as though people haven't really kind of taken the leap um, and there continues to be some discord amongst professionals in I, I'm comfortable with my historic techniques because I know they work. I've seen them work mm-hmm. versus people who have embraced new evidence, you know, what their reasoning is. So I think a lot of it is just trying to really learn and understand what drives people mm-hmm. to make the choices that they make when they choose therapeutic interventions, when they determine whether or not they should implement evidence or not. Um, so really just trying to understand those sorts of things. And then yeah. also, I think it comes down to people's thoughts and their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of it as well. And we're just starting to try to dabble into, again, how do we understand that? Right. So we you know one of the resources that we've used um, in the task force is this book called Think Again by Adam Grant. And 
if you, if anyone has interacted with folks on the task force, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that I have told about this book. And I'm like, you have to read this book. You have to listen to this book. You know, just read the first 10 pages of this book. Like I, I just feel like anything and is really helpful. So, so tell us a little bit about the think again book and how um, we stumbled upon it as a task force. Sure. So the task force was really just getting started. I think we had probably had one meeting with the authors of the moving forward paper and I was out running errands on a Saturday and I got a text message from another PT colleague, um, Jenny Moore. Um, Many people may be familiar with um, her as well. And she said, Hallie, I'm I'm listening to this really great book right now. It's called Think Again. And it really makes me think about the moving forward task force. You know, you should download it. And I was like, well, I'm out running errands. I'm about 30 minutes from home. I have about five Audible credits. Let me see if it's on Audible. So I found it. I downloaded it. I popped it on between locations and errands. And I'm listening to the prologue or the intro and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is exactly what we need to try to do. This is this is the exact thing we need to be thinking about. And so I immediately drove to Target and bought the print version because I thought I need to be able to read this and take notes and put bookmarks in it. Yep. And, you know, I listened to that whole book pretty much that entire weekend. And it's just a fantastic view and approach about how you can help people to change in a positive way mm-hmm. and how you may accidentally reinforce things in a negative way. Right. And I think what's been important to our task force all along is that we see that, you know, people are emotionally connected to these conversations into how they treat their patients. Right. I am, I sure am. And I think the idea is, is, as a task force, the last thing that we want to do is go out there and make people angry or make them feel like, you know, they're not doing the right thing because that's not the case at all. And I think the bottom line is that we all probably got into this field because we wanted to help people. And as neurologic PTs, you know, we entered a, a challenging field where people have degenerative conditions, they have catastrophic injuries, like changing injuries. And I think for all of us in our heart of hearts, we have the exact same goal. And our goal is to improve our patients' outcomes, to get them as independent as possible, and to help them achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. And when you think of it like that, and you make that your first priority, I think it's easier to have a conversation knowing that we're truly all coming from the same place. Right. And even framing it in that fashion came from that book. And so I had read that whole book on the weekend. And I think we had a meeting that Monday and I said, Hey guys, you know, check out this book. You guys might want to get it. And people were downloading it on Amazon and within a week, everybody's emailing, Oh my God, the book's great. And so we, we really just felt like we liked the, the concepts behind it. And it's actually written by an organizational psychologist, uh, mm-hmm. Adam Grant. He's an author. He's written other books. Interestingly, I've read another book of his and I didn't make the connection until recently, but we actually reached out to him as an author to see if he'd be interested in speaking for at CSM or we didn't know. Mm-hmm. We just thought we'd try to engage you know, him in the conversation and he connected us with his postdoc 
mm-hmm. um, Karen Knowlton. And so we've met with her several times and we're actually collaborating with her as we start to develop our pre-campaign survey to, again, just help to develop a survey that's going to give us insight into everybody's thoughts and beliefs in a way where we don't want to come off as offensive or biased, but we truly just want to understand how people make the choices they make. Are there barriers to getting evidence, to understanding evidence, to implementing evidence? Mm-hmm. Um, again, because I think we all have that same common goal of just wanting to make the patients better. Yeah, totally. And I love that um, this task force is like recognizing our, our own limitations as, you know, we are not social scientists. We are, you know, scientists of the body. Right. And so, um, I think that reaching outside of our profession to have help with this survey, I think is really key and, um, super fun to, to work with somebody in another profession who, and it was so interesting when we talked to Karen, because she like immediately got it. And she just immediately like picked up on it and was like adding to the conversation and giving us language to explain what we're, we're trying to explain it with all these words. And she'll just, you know, she just can come up with two or three words and we're like, oh yeah, right. That's it. You got it. All right. So the task force is doing this pre-survey, right? So what's the purpose of the, the survey? So I think the purpose of the survey primarily is for us to really just find out how people find, select, prioritize, and determine what evidence to use in their practice, and particularly evidence as it relates to different treatment strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we're hoping to gain from it is just some insight into people's kind of thoughts and beliefs and some direction as to what tools do people need to better understand, to better value, to better accept the evidence, um, that is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, shameless plug here, if you're listening to this podcast and you see that survey come out, please click on the link and fill it out for us. It is, you know, it's maybe a little bit longer than we wanted, but I think full of a lot of good, um, information and, you know, it takes about 15 minutes or so to fill out, um, max. So please do it. So what else, Hallie, what else is the task force working on right now? So one of the things that we're working on is this podcast series. And I know that this is our, uh, kickoff series. Um, I think some of the things that we hope to do in this, uh, podcast series as the national campaign moves on is to talk to different individuals Uh, different therapists who have changed their personal practice over the years and just kind of talk with them about what their experience was. You know, we've, we've all had conversations with colleagues where they've said, I was, you know, this is how I treated. I always treated this way. And then something happened, whether it was they went to a con ed course and they saw a video of a patient or they read something, or, you know, I can think of my aha moment with, perfect clarity of when I changed my practice. Mm -hmm. And that was sitting in a con ed course that a PM&R physician was presenting. And this was probably in 2004 and was discussing the, the horn article earlier in aggressive therapy, you know, is earlier better. I don't even remember what it was called. 
And I remember looking at the way that he was framing and discussing the outcomes of that article and going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I need to change what I'm doing tomorrow morning. And so for me, that was my moment, but I don't know that that presentation necessarily spoke the same way to other people. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody kind of has their light bulb or their aha moment, or some people I think, you know, their change is a little slower and it's a little more gradual and maybe not so like hit over the head with frying pan, like I felt. Um, So I think what we want to do is be able to interview different clinicians and talk about how, you know, what was your aha moment? Why did you change? How did it feel to change? Were you comfortable changing? Was it harder than you thought? And I think we also want to talk to people who are working in environments where they're trying to create change um, Mm -hmm. and how they're doing that and how they've done that. And I think we want to hear from people who, you know, are are still kind of in their process of change. So I mm-hmm. think we just want to really understand the values and beliefs of everybody and kind of where everybody is in a, on that spectrum. Because the bottom line is, is that change, it's not easy and it's not quick um, and it happens differently for everybody. And I think we want to be able to describe and understand that. So that's some of the things we want to do on this podcast series. I also think that we've been talking a lot about you know, what knowledge translation tools might assist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we think about, I know uh, Wendy earlier mentioned the core measures outcomes task force, Mm -hmm. which I also was on and we developed a lot of KT tools and I know that they are highly used. And so for example, if you wanted to implement the 10 meter walk test in your institution, We have a standardized protocol that you can jump on the AMPT website. You can download the protocol. It tells you a nice standardized way you can do it. It tells you the measuring. It tells you how to time it, how to mark the floor. It tells you exactly what to say to the patient. It tells you Mm -hmm. how to score it. And it even says, well, what if my patient does this? What happens if this happens? And so we did that for all those measures in the core set. So I think we are hoping to develop some KT tools, but again, we also kind of don't know where to start with that, right? Because we have this big gray area. So I think that's where we want the information from the survey. And we're hoping that that will help us to kind of fine tune what do those tools look like. Right. Great. And so for folks that are going to be at CSM, will there be any presence at CSM or any kind of activity related to um, the task force or the national campaign? Yeah. So we have uh, one a small group of individuals are presenting on behalf of the Moving Forward Task Force. And this um, CSM submission was due actually before the task force ever met for the first time. And so it's going to be um, two authors of the paper. So Dr. George Hornby, uh, Dr. Wendy Romney, and then myself and uh, my co-co-chair, my co-chair, my co-chair. Uh, the co-chair of the a, of the co-chair of the Moving Forward Task Force, Ryan Knight, and so we will be doing a two-hour educational session. It's going to be in the hybrid format, so it'll be available pre-recorded, and then it'll also be available live. Great, that's one thing we're doing. I know that the uh, ANPT booth will have some uh, kind of handouts, some little flyers that will have links to a few different surveys that the Academy is running right now with QR codes. Um, so those will be available. We also have our new logo that we are launching for CSM and we're super excited to share that logo. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so we'll have some stickers and some, uh, I think we ordered some other things that have the logo on them. And then if you're going to the Mylan Melter, I won't say too much, but you will know the Moving Forward Task Force and the Evidence Elevates um, national campaign when you are at the Mylan Melter. So look for us, tap us on the shoulder. Trust me, you'll know us when you see us. All right. Well, Hallie, thank you so much for joining us. I think we've covered a lot. Um, one of the fun things about doing these podcasts is that there are often uh, little conversations before or during that get edited out. So I want to thank you and I want to let you get to your dinner. Just tell us what it is. I've been dreaming about a meatball hoagie that's waiting for me in my fridge. Homemade meatballs. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I hope everyone has a, a wonderful start to their year. Thank you for listening to the Evidence Elevates podcast, a production of the Moving Forward Task Force in the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you share this podcast with a colleague today. Come back soon to listen to more episodes of Evidence Elevates. For more information, follow us on social media or find our website at neuropt.org. That's N-E-U-R-O-P-T dot O-R-G.